1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
2: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630
2: Ched.
0: This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 107 in Edmonton. Battle of Alberta tonight. 8 o'clock puck drop now. A nationally televised game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Started up by Hugh Porter. Don't spend your valuable time eating with door sales reps. You're all in one convenient location. Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and supplies. And absolutely... Uh, Look, Hugh grew up an Oilers fan. He knows all about the Battle of Alberta. He's got uh, Digitex locations throughout the province. It's a big deal. It's a big game, but it's a game that means a lot, too. It's not just a perspective revenge game. Uh, you can reach us on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. We're going to go there momentarily at 780 496 A reminder, Super Bowl party taking place at the River Creek coming up eh, on Sunday. I will be in Arizona. The Oilers... Tonight at home against Calgary, St. Louis here at Rogers Place. They'll fly immediately after the game Friday night to Calgary to take on the Flames of the second of a back-to-back in Calgary on Saturday. Flames playing the second of a back-to-back. They lost 5-4 to the Blues in a shootout last night. Uh, You can also access this via our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors. Strong enough for every mini-sticks tournament. We're on Twitter, at Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and Brendan, at Brendan Escott. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive your certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. All right, let's get to it. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Call to Hockey covers uh, specifically everything that is Oilers. David, my opening question for you, the Battle of Alberta, and I know you monitor everything, catalog everything that gets seemingly written about the Edmonton Oilers. Is there a different degree of fashion and uh, fan engagement for Edmonton than in Calgary? Do you think that's the case?
1: There seems to be, Bob. I don't have the specific numbers in front of me, but I know on Twitter, for instance, we have all kinds of Edmonton... um, reporters and broadcasters who, who, who are not only really good at their work, they are extremely popular on Twitter, like uh, Jack Michaels, Louis DeBrusque, uh, Mark Spector, uh, Jason Greger, the list goes on and on, Jim Matheson, Terry Jones, the following that you see, and for your, and yourself, uh, the following that we see for people like that, Jonathan Willis, Alan yep. Mitchell, it's way, way larger than the corresponding people in Calgary. Like double, triple, quadruple, five times as much. I don't know why that is, but we are just far more fanatic about uh, hockey than they are in Calgary for some reason. And in Calgary, they've been wanting this Kachuk story to go away for days now, but it's a story that isn't going away. I mean, um, I look at readership numbers all the time, and I get Calgary fans like, why are you still writing about this? Well, why are you still writing about Kachuk and what people are saying? Well, I'm interested in it myself as a hockey fan, but Bob, the numbers are through the roof on this story. The people's passion has been inflamed by what
0: happened. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, no, it's interesting that you mention that. I mean, I've looked at these sort of numbers too, David, and it's pretty overwhelming. My theory on it is 70 to 75% of northern Alberta is from northern Alberta. And mm-hmm. before the economy went sideways, stuff that you write about in your mainstream job, uh, you know, at one point there was 100,000 Americans in Calgary. And I think Calgary, in fairness, is probably a more uh, diversified city in many respects than Edmonton. But I think that the core of Edmonton and northern Alberta is more intrinsically linked to happenings around the respective teams in this marketplace. Now, you wrote a piece about the Oilers' brutal schedule, and you have some concerns.
1: Yeah, you know, everyone's been talking about Kachuk, 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 but I don't think in the end that's going to—that's not really the storyline. Uh, on a certain level tonight the Oilers have been off 10 days that's hugely significant a 10-day layoff like that i was looking um someone did a study uh in, in boston last year the bruins had a 10-day layoff before their stanley cup final game so they looked they checked and the five previous teams that had had five more days rest heading into the stanley cup final than their opponent they had lost every single game so you would think five days more rest than the other guys you're going to be ready for that game, you're going to be good to go, but No, I just put all kinds of rust on those teams. All five of those teams lost. Now, Boston, surprisingly, with a ten day layoff, they won that first game against St. Louis, But they got down zero to two in the first period and were really uh, played a really awful game, but were able to surmount it. So this ten game layoff from for, for the Oilers is a huge problem. And Bob, I do not understand. The NHL has got to know that travel for the Western teams is far more difficult and you live this, far more difficult than it is for the Eastern teams. If you're gonna give any teams a break on this layoff and not have like you have the mandatory uh, week off for teams and then you yep. have the all star break, you shouldn't put those back to back for a Western team ever to make up for the fact that Western teams are on the road so much more and need more manda- they need more mm. scheduled breaks during the season. And I just think that th- the schedule makers should recognize that and give that one tip of the hat, one nod to the Western teams and all the travel they do.
0: 32 games in the next 63 days for the Emmons Oilers. They had a stretch where they had 14 games in 23 days, and they only had nine games in the next 37. The Oilers are 6-1-1 one, one in their last eight. Uh, if you go to Hockey Reference, I believe they have the Oilers at 78% chance to make the playoffs. Do you have a positive forecast for the Oilers?
1: Yeah, hockey reference. I, I heard you uh, reference that number last week, and it got me interested in it. So what I did was I looked at all the different forecasters. And what we see is everyone from just kind of the people who do it by feel to the betting companies to the yeah. people like uh, Dom Lefishian at the uh, Athletic, every single one of them had the orders making the playoffs um, with a better than 50% chance. Um, Mika Blake McCurdy at Ineffective Math had uh, the orders at uh, 68%. Um, Dom Le- decision has them, has the Oilers at uh, 92.8 points, which was a playoff spot. Um, so that was, it was really interesting um, to see that. I think a lot of these uh, forecasters take into account, especially the ones who do it analytically, they look at the last 20 games and put a lot more weight on that. And, of course, this run of recent good play, um, has given the orders better underlying numbers, better statistics. By our scoring chance metric, which we keep at the Cult of Hockey, they're now e- pretty much even in scoring
0: chances after that last run of good games. So.
1: And I think Bob, they've answered every question this year, so I'm I'm bullish myself. But then i I'm, I'm always tend to be that
0: way. It's interesting on the analytics front, just I mean, the Oilers, they're not killing it on Corsi and that sort of thing. Does anybody ever factor that their top two players are just better shooters and better players than other? You know, like you take a look, Craig Simpson's number one all time in shooting percentage. Wayne Gretzky had you know years where he's around 25 to 28 percent at the height of his goal scoring. Like, you don't have to have a 50-50 shot trade-off if you've got better finishers. I mean, that's part of the equation. David, speaking of Connor McDavid, uh, Whatever It Takes came out. I know you did an extensive recap of it. Uh, And again, I didn't have the, I I did not know the full extent of what Connor was having to overcome. Do you think that, you know, the documentary, which was produced by Don Metz, do you think that's going to change people's opinion of of Connor McDavid at all? I think it, yeah, it's just, I think it
1: was, first of all, congratulations, Don Metz and company. What a fantastic piece of work. That was just absolutely fantastic. And it was such a powerful piece of uh, filmmaking. I think it's going to completely, in a way, it makes us all, we can't, we'll never look at Connor McDavid the same again. Because I think even though we all knew, we've all heard the stories of him working out two hours in his driveway we all knew that he's this fanatical worker, hard worker. We've never seen it with our own eyes. So first of all, so and what what we saw was this impressive, polished, finished talent. So it was all about with McDavid. You just saw this talent, 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 and it's and you kind of took it for granted. But this totally focused on. We saw McDavid doing those exercises, that montage of exercises that was like from a movie, like the Six Million Dollar Man, rebuilding himself. And I think that just totally has us focused in on. This guy, it's all from work. He is the king of sweat. It's all from his effort. And the second thing, Bob, that's going to change is, and I was, and during the All-Star Game watching him, the only thought in my mind was, man, you're, he's so fragile. Like, I just think, like, take it easy out there, buddy. Don't get hurt. Because it really hammered home. This guy isn't superhuman. He's human. He got to where he is from working hard. But he's also subject to bad luck. And bad plays, just like anyone else, in his career is subject to that. So these kind of his fragility, but also his work ethic. I just think those two things are going to come to the fore, to the fore in terms of viewing this player.
0: All right. Well, uh, it'll be intriguing tonight to see sort of the whole battle of Alberta. What shakes down? And I know, uh, I know James Neal did Calgary radio yesterday and had a pretty interesting uh, exchange with Mike Commodore. Uh, but something that you picked up on was some of the comments made by Neil Sheehy, who is now an <laughs> NHL agent. Neil Sheehy was the Harvard boxing champion. Uh, he was an antagonist of the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, what did you sort of uh, think about what Sheehy had to say about how Matthew Kachuk handled that situation?
1: Well, they, they had to search far and wide in Calgary and for a, a number of days before they could find someone to defend. Uh, Matthew Kachuk. But they found him in the, in uh, the Matthew Kachuk of his time. Not nearly as good a player, but someone... Nowhere who near also, as good a player. Nowhere near as good a player, but someone who will also totally antagonize the other team with... Uh, you know, she he says he he never handed out dirty hits or dirty plays, but I, I I'm gonna say he did. And um he but he re, would refuse to fight. And Glenn Saylor remarked on that in uh, back in the day. So yeah, she he um was a was a very effective uh cheap shot artist, I'm gonna call him. But he says there was no cheap shot in the um yeah. in the Kachuk hit on Cassian. and Bob, I don't know. I I, I, I the NHL's here tonight. And I think the NHL has set the lead back a decade. It could have with Bice, by not suspending Kachuk. That might be a bit of an overstatement, but I just think they had set the rules and they were starting to crack down on blindside headshots uh, where players are in vulnerable positions. What was that? If it wasn't that, and the NHL made uh, George Paris made a huge mistake. And I just, you know, Cassian's I think going to be people are going to be looking for that hit. And it's not a good thing. That sh- that We're going to tell you right
0: Harvey. now, if Zach Cassian runs a guy like that tonight, when a is engaged with another player, he's going to get called on it all day because he doesn't tend to get a lot of uh, – what I'm perplexed at is to why Matthew Kachuk has been enabled uh, by the league. He and Don't get me wrong. He's a really good – he's not a superstar. He's becoming a star for the Flames. But it amazes me what he's gotten. So I've, I've got guys, former players, that say he's self-entitled that he's been entitled by the league as well for how they've sort of handled it. I mean, it started his first game here. Let's not forget he slew-footed Brennan Davidson and concussed him at the start of the year. First game that he played in the NHL. And then he wouldn't fight Davidson. And then, and then Kachuk, conversely, when Backlund got blown up by Dumble last year, he settled the score because he's proficient enough that he can do that. David, it's an interesting time. David, i got to get a couple more guests on the show. Thanks for joining us. The website again. Uh, the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Thanks again, Bob. Anytime. That's uh, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. 119 in Edmonton. Make sure you go down and see the folks out Brent Brentridge Ford. They had their own Battle of Alberta just before Christmas. Edmonton won. Uh, Brentridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less. Brentridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. That means they've got a terrific service department for you if anything goes wrong with a vehicle. Uh, and now is a great time to buy significant rebates on 2019's you have Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, a call at Brent Ridge, one 477 3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. We have the injury report coming up next with James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, but we're going to do something a little bit different. This is Oilers Now.
1: This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer
2: on Oilers Radio, 630
0: Chad. Battle of Alberta tonight at Rogers Place, Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. All right, it's time for the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. But before we get to that, we're going to bring aboard from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, uh, former Edmonton Eskimo Grey Cup champion and CFL All-Star safety Trent Brown. Trent, how are you? Really good, Bob. What's happening? What's happening? Well, we got a big game tonight, and I, I know you guys are down here for every game, and I know you're an Edmontonian at heart. You're probably pretty pumped up, aren't you?
2: Buddy, I am stoked. There is an electricity in this city like I haven't felt for a long time. Let they me ask. Seen, and I can't wait, buddy.
0: I can't wait either. Let me ask you this, Trent. Uh, how long did you end up playing in the CFL for? I played for nine years, for so all of the 90s, buddy. All of the 90s. Was your finest moment as a cfl football player in calgary in the battle of alberta
2: do you want to know what i think without a doubt one of uh, my fondest memories of uh, the battle of alberta was 1993 it was the western final uh the stampeders had gone 15 and 3 that year doug flutie was the quarterback and uh they were hosting the Grey Cup in Calgary that year and uh so we went down there big underdogs in that game and we woke up and it was minus 40 wind chill at Come on, game at no word of a lie and uh Flutie comes out of the tunnel in gloves and so we knew right there that it was uh that that was going to be our day it was F- weather and we took it to them and we got to move into their locker room then and win the great cup in 1993 one fact also we we knew that we were that that game uh was really the Grey cup game because we were going to face the winner would face the winnipeg blue bombers and we had gotten word that matt vanigan was going to be out so we knew that we were playing for the great cup and flutie got a little bit cold and uh we took it to them so that was awesome but uh I can't wait for tonight, Bob, but uh, there's a buzz in this town and electricity, and there always is. But I think it's a little bit more now, and uh, and it's going to be a good game. Really looking
0: forward to it. Now, uh, you know, as a former professional athlete, Trent, uh, and I know you played hockey, and you're you're a pretty decent hockey player as well, a terrific athlete. You know, you, you could have run. You, <laughs> you, 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 were, you were the fastest guy I saw play at the U of A when you were there in the late 80s. Um, but you, you played hockey as well. You played football. You never <laughs> tried to purposely hurt a guy, though you did try to send a guy a message. And I remember, I think it was against Winnipeg, maybe? You knocked a yeah, guy. a Shannon, uh, Shannon Baker. Yeah, 1996,
2: I think, was the last game he ever played. Listen, the big hits... Uh, can change the momentum of a game, Bob, Uh, you know as well as anybody else. And uh, so I'm hoping that uh, the Oilers come out strong. I'm hoping that Cassian lays it to them. Let's go.
0: All right, Trent. Thanks for your time. Uh, And, uh, well, we hope you enjoy it tonight. Thanks for taking a trip down memory lane. No problem, Bob. Always good to talk to you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. That is Trent Brown from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Brendan Escott, back of the 630 Chad Studios. You Were you even born in 1993, Brendan? No, not until uh, September of the following year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Let's go around the league
1: quickly first to the injury report here, Bob. The Habs forward Brendan Gallagher expected to return from concussion tomorrow night against Buffalo, but the team added Jonathan Druran not ready as he continues recovering from uh, wrist ligaments. I mentioned Sabres uh, goaltender Linus Allmark missing three to four weeks with a leg injury he suffered last night. (laughs) It sounded ugly. I didn't actually catch the highlights of the play, but just reading about it, not good there. uh, both the Flames and the Oilers, knock on woods, they're healthy going into tonight.
0: Yeah, Yusuf Alamaki's the only guy in the Flames organization that, if he was completely healthy, might be playing. Might be also, might be playing down in Stockton on their very deep farm team. Matt Banning will play tonight for the Emmett Oilers. He'll be paired with Chris Russell for Edmonton. The Lions, McDavid with James Neal and Zach Cassian. Leon settled with Ryan Nugent-Hopkins and Kyler Yamamoto. Nugent-Hopkins, six goals, 13 points in his last eight games, plus nine. Leon, five nine and 14 in his last eight, plus four. And Yamamoto, since his recall from the American Hockey League, 3-3 three, three, and six, uh, plus six. Riley Sheehan with Joe Kim Nygaard and Josh Archibald. Uh, and then Sam Gagne will center tonight with Jujar and Alex Chase on is Gaetan Haas, who was quiet, kind of a little bit of a dip in the play just before the break. Uh, he is out of the lineup for tonight's game. On defense, Ethan Baer with uh, Darnell Nurse, Oscar Kleffbaum with Adam Larson, Chris Russell with the aforementioned Matt Benning, who's played under 13 minutes of NHL action Uh, since the middle of November. That's when he took the high stick that the league missed. It was plain as day. got clunked right across the head, knocked out of the game by Evander Kane, not exactly the most angelic player. And then... uh Benning returned to the lineup on December 1st against the Vancouver Canucks and took a puck off the head and basically had the rest of December and the first half of January off, dealing with the concussion uh, symptoms. Oilers took their time with Matt Benning, who's plus 32 in his 229 NHL games played. Mike Smith starts in goalies 12-9-3 with a 2.96 goals against average and a 901 save percentage. He'll oppose David Riddick, who was very good in the All-Star game, basically won it for the Pacific Division. Uh nineteen twelve and five A two point seven seven goals against average nine thirteen save percentage. The Flames were I think second or third in goals for last year. They're twenty fifth this season, thirteenth in goals against sixteenth on the power play. They were hot last night went three for 20 percent on the season, eighty two point two percent on the PK, that's eleventh in the NHL. Conversely, the Oilers have jumped up now after the six one and one run, all the way up to um 12th in Goals 4. So just to put things in perspective, Edmonton was basically, I mean, they were 20th when they played the New York Rangers, uh, which was the start of the 6-1-1 one, and one run. They were 20th in the league in Goals 4. They moved all the way up to 12th in Goals 4. That's based on uh, goals per game. Uh, 17th in Goals Against, number one in the NHL on the power play at 29.7%, and ninth in the league in PK at 82.1. Edmonton and Calgary tonight. To talk about... Uh, uh, a lot about the 80s and battles of Alberta, he worked them. He produced them. He wanted to work. What was then, and I think, some of the best hockey ever played, John Shannon, our NHL insider, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.